This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, a Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that. Let's get on with the show. Kroiso, hello. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red. Welcome to Wrexham. A monumental week for the football club. The launch of the new Welcome to Wrexham docu-series that will be streamed here on Disney Plus in the UK, on Hulu in North America, brought to you by FX. Nath, there's been so much excitement, you almost forget that the curse of Rob McElhenney has now been lifted. Wrexham won at the weekend, 5-0 thumping against Maidstone, but the documentary's out, and we've got some exciting news of our own as well to tell people, haven't we? Yeah, there's so Rich, there's so much to say. We can barely get it out to the people. Uh, very, very exciting week. You know, today's the day. By the time people listen to this, I'm sure they will have seen the documentary out already, Disney Plus, and it aired last night on Hulu and FX. And you know, Ryan and Rob live suite in about three a.m. for us, and I was up uh, trying to keep a track of that. So if I've got matchsticks between my eyes, a little bit tired, but very, very excited, and I'm just glad that everyone can finally see the documentary because it, it, it's it's a brilliant piece of, of television. It's exactly what you want, isn't it? It's, you know, when, when it was first announced and first pitched, there was always that, that concern at the back of supporters' heads that this could be, you know, two comedy actors coming in and it almost being a joke and being, you know, laughing at Wrexham's expense. But my word, what a beautiful, beautiful documentary. How moving that was, how great it is. It's not just Wrexham, but North Wales. Wales is a country being put to an even bigger global stage. And we've got these two amazing ambassadors who care so deeply, care so much more than they ever thought they would. And yeah, today's podcast will look pri- primarily at the, do- at the documentary. And I'd like to say we've got some special guests as well. We've got Rob McElhenney's right-hand man, Humphrey Carr, giving us the lowdown on the dock, giving us a behind-the-scenes sort of insight into into how that was all filmed and his his anticipations for it and we've also got ryan reynolds's own barman uh, mark sylvester who uh, was tasked with overhauling the hospitality at the race course you might have seen these clips on social media this week what a fantastic job he's done he's going to lift the lid on that and how that all came about as well 
there is only one place to start. Welcome to Wrexham, the documentary, and it starts so strongly that first scene, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, episode one, dream. You know, that that's that's what it was. This this dream, this vision. Could it could it happen? Could it be possible? And I just think it's a really beautifully shot piece of television to 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 start it out. You know, you see it kind of throws it forward to Robin Ryan's visit. And you so you see Robin Ryan at the race course lying on the grass as we saw at the time and, and all that sort of thing. But what we never saw at the time that we do now is their sort of first conversation. It, it's Rich, it's just a beautiful piece of television you know opening scene you know we, we did see at the time on social media their kind of visit onto the onto the grass for the first time going to the race course you know they were blown away by it ryan you know he famously took a bit of the grass with him when he first visited for that talkie game what we never saw at the time that i think is really really self-aware and and quite moving is that you see them having a conversation um and you you see you, you see them talking about look this this won't this won't necessarily have a fairy tale ending there's no guarantee that you know we write well, our yeah. stuff you write the quote from Rob sunny is and, that there is a yeah. real risk for us but ryan yeah. says it's gonna work yeah with it with a little expletive in there he said you know there's a real risk that this story could end with us being the villains and it's hard to believe that right now you know what they've done and it'll be really hard to quantify it because you see that opening scene and then it, it gets back to the very beginning at that Zoom call, which we'll get onto. But what they've done in terms of delivering this documentary, which they promised from the start, might actually be unquantifiable. You know, people will look at TikTok numbers, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and all these other things, all the metrics that you can measure. I honestly think their their impact in terms of what they've done with the documentary will be immeasurable. You know, for Wrexham to be global now completely global everyone all over the world has, has written about this documentary this week you know from malaysia to the chicago tribune or, or whatever the case may be you know completely all over the world reports in spain you know and i've been reading some of the spanish papers it, it's it's mad rich it's it's uh it's mad and, and what the amazing thing is is it's not just the robin ryan show they're they're significant don't get me wrong and especially in the first couple of episodes well they're the gateway aren't they Rich, no, exactly. They are the gateway, but the idea is that you come, I think for casual fans, you come for them and then you stay for Wrexham and then you want a Wrexham jersey or a Wrexham scarf or you listen to us or yeah, you listen to a Wrexham podcast or you, you know, buy the Matchday magazine or, or whatever the case may be. And the idea is you become converted to join what has sucked in Rob and Ryan. You know, and I think they talk so beautifully about just just about what it means to be a fan and, and the discovery of football for them. And, you know, there's a really early scene, Rich, which Humphrey talks about, where Rob, Caitlin, his wife, some of the kids and, and family members, his sister, I think, in there as well, Katie, are playing football in the garden. They're just having a kick about in, in his garden and Humphrey's there uh, with a very sizable advantage. And, uh, and he was getting a bit of stick from the players as he talks about when they watched it. But... You know, very very simple and and not in him talking about what what's the rules here? What do we need to do? And we can scoff at you know people can scoff at that. And I know BT at the time made a joke of them when they celebrated the FA Trophy goal for offside when we all celebrated, but they weren't sort of memeing us. It's it's funny for some people. A lot of people would point the finger and try to laugh at them, but I think it's really endearing and yeah, it's great for people like we know like Wayne Wayne in the turf and. 
Sean Winter comes up in episode three, and Annette Gardner, another prominent fan, she'll be in it later. Uh, Scoot, uh, the Declan Swans, is in it later on. So I've even heard that this podcast itself might have a little snippet of audio in there. Uh, that that it, it's I can confirm that is true, Rich. Yeah, um, your dulcet Thanks. tones though, your dulcet tones, not mine. Hilariously, but, no. the clip they've used is from a week where you weren't here. <laughs> Very, I think that's quite rare. I'm usually always here, but anyway, I wasn't there that week. And that has made it in. It's just really well told. I was a little bit anxious when I saw when I when I got it through that it was kind of half an hour long. Um, but it's it's you know there's so many episodes to come and there's so much they've covered. And when you watch these kind of things, Rich, it's it's so well shot. I'm a big I'm a sucker for great cinematography, and you know I I wasn't expecting anything less with Robin Ryan, executive producers. It's really really well done. And for the most part, ninety nine point nine percent of it, I think, is is absolutely stunning. Uh, and and we'll get on in the coming weeks to to perhaps some of the more. Well, there's one scene in particular I'm thinking of that I've already mentioned. I think on Twitter about inside the playhouse that I thought was a bit cringy, but outside of that, it's yeah, it's stunning. And I think it will be a massive hit. And the other thing as well is, we're obviously all watching this, and most people listening to this are such sort of dad in the world Wrexham fans were so intense you've got to remember this is for a watered down market who don't have the background knowledge and aren't going to be maybe as interested in some of the finer details that we are you've got to remember this is quite a, a broad blanket that's being covered for the for the entire club so yeah I think you've got to accept, accept that you know it's for an audience who don't have any prior knowledge of Wrexham really so it's going to be maybe tamed to a degree in certain elements because they're not going to go too deep because the audience don't have the background knowledge. But it's still so fascinating, so, like you said, beautifully filmed and just amazing. And still, it is just so exciting. It's Wrexham on the big screen. We've always said that they need to make a documentary about this club and they finally have and unbelievable. It's just so exciting. And yeah, I urge all of you to watch it if you can. Of course, not all of you can do so, but I'm delighted to say we will have another Disney Plus giveaway in the coming weeks. We did one of those prior to uh, the series being released this week on, on, on Twitter. So if you don't follow us, Rob Ryan Red on Twitter and Rob Ryan Red on Instagram. We also now, Naif, have a website as well. We do. We do. We have a website, a swanky new website. Uh, I'm really pleased with it, Rich. I know we're giving ourselves pat on, pats on the back here, but robryanred.com. It looks nice, doesn't it? It does look good. And I'd also say on robbrandred.com, there is, I've done this uh, yesterday before the documentary dropped, I've gone on and done an episode guide. So if you go to robbrandred.com, you can find the episode guide there, which will tell you about all the 16 episodes we know about so far. And it has a brief uh, description, the official sort of worded description of what happens in that episode as well. So if you want to, you know, maybe once you've already watched a documentary, go back for one particular episode or something, there is a full episode guide on there under the Welcome to Wrexham tab. And another thing while we're on sort of in-house sort of matters is if you can leave us a review, that would be hugely uh, appreciated. And we've had a lot of those in, in the last few weeks. So thank you very much for all the love and support you've been giving to the podcast. Incidentally, there is now a donate button on the uh, on the website if you did enjoy it and you've got any spare cash. We understand times are tough. We are not expecting that by any means, but just for the general upkeep of the podcast, any money donated will go back into the podcast, running the website, editing these podcasts, getting better equipment, etc. So, yeah, if you've got any change, please do feel free to donate. If not, 
go get yourself a drink. Don't worry about that. Go get yourself um, a drink. Rex, Rich, I was going to read you actually one of the reviews we got, which is very, very nice. Five stars, probably too kind for us, but there you go. He said, up. Th- so Wrexham Smith, which I think he's Neil Smith, but we don't know for sure. He put, up there with the best podcasts about my team talked about by my kind of people. Great pod, lads. Keep it up. That is very nice. And I'm, I f- we're feeling in, a, in good spirits, aren't we? We've done a giveaway for Disney+. Plus, uh, So enjoy that. Was it Gareth who won that? I can't, can't fully remember. I think it was. Yeah, Gareth, John. Gareth. And I can confirm he's had the code and it works. He's probably and watching... It works. Is he watching, right now. watching Lion King for build-up? Do you think he's watching... I don't know. A bit of Encanto. Is that the popular one now? That's the new Disney one, maybe? I don't know. We'll see. Frozen There's lots Disney? on there. I, I can't... I've got such Frozen bad knowledge Disney? of Disney. Film. Star Wars is on there, I think. I only Marvel, got maybe? Disney Disney Plus for The Simpsons, basically, for the full back catalogue of, of the, of the <laughs> okay. glory days. Of the I haven't Simpsons, watched The but... Simpsons in a long time, but we're here to talk about Welcome to Wrexham, Rich. And oh, yeah. Episode one is structured, pretty much structured around the Zoom call. Now, you know, new fans that are watching it, Wrexham was owned, as we know, by the supporters' trust, and they required, they, they needed to give a 75% majority to vote Ryan and Rob's deal through, and it's, honestly, I felt really, I just had a big smile on my face when I saw Ryan Reynolds in his home, wherever that may be, with a cardboard box, his laptop balanced on top of this cardboard box, he had a mug on there, his phone balanced against the mug, and he had a, a pre-little pep talk with Rob about what they wanted to avoid. They didn't want to come across too preachy. You know, they they, they really... It was just a, a, an amazing behind-the-curtain moment. You know what I mean? Because we saw them on the screen for the Zoom. Very slick address. They talked about the documentary. I they was going to say questions. this, Nate, as well, just to interrupt. What mm-hmm. I think the documentary does brilliantly is it really does hammer home that Rob and Ryan, yes, they're superstars, but they are just normal, very relatable people who have the same anxieties and worries as we do every day. And of course, you can poo-poo that and say, well, they're, they're well off. They don't need to worry about things we do, but you, they're still human beings and they still have this raw side of emotion where they feel vulnerable at times. And it really made me feel an even closer connection to the co-owners and the, the chairman mm. of the club because they do really care. And yes, they might have come into this project not thinking they'd work about it too much. You know, they'd, they'd be quite invested, but they've got other projects on. But they both say that the thing they're asked about most now isn't their other projects, isn't their own sort of personal careers. It's Wrexham Football Club. And I'm just, I feel so fortunate to have these, not the superstars, these two human beings in charge. I think that they're really candid as well. You know, we've seen them have a laugh and a joke. And, and as the season, as the series progresses, you see, you know, the Evil Williams trailer and you see the FIFA, you know, rest of rest of world was rest of world and all that kind of funny skit material, which is great. This the one with Maxine as well, announcing the documentary. But there is a real candidness in there, you know, um, and, and you'll listen to it. But you see Rob go back to his old Philadelphia home with his um, with his son, Leo and his dad, Bob you know, a very relatable place. And it, if you transported that and said that was in Wrexham or that was somewhere else in North Wales, you, you would probably believe it. And so you can see why he felt connected emotionally to the area. And then you hear Ryan talk about how he sought validation from his dad via sport and how even though his dad has now passed, you know, it still lives with him. And th- those are really candid moments where, yeah, where, where you just see a different side to them. And, and yes, they're funny. They're very funny guys. And 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 that's part of their charm. But they're also deeply emotional. And 
you know, not lost in a way. You know, they're 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 very much like us, just with a couple more zeros in the, in the, in the bank account. But they're just normal people that have come from humbler beginnings that they that they have now. So, yeah, welcome to Wrexham. All set around that Zoom call to begin with. And yeah, it's 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 just brilliant seeing their faces and kind of seeing the prep that goes into it. It's a real bromance the the start of the documentary, Rich. These first two people are getting a lot of Ryan and Rob bromance material. And I guess we can obviously we don't want to divulge it too much. We want you to go out there and watch the documentary yourselves. But episode two, which will also be released now, just to point out on the episodes now, Nave, you tweeted this yourself um, earlier in the week. It is sixteen episodes, two a week for eight weeks. Most of them are half hour, but we understand there might be one or yeah. two in there which are longer, closer to an hour runtime. But bottom line is you're getting two new episodes every single week of, of Welcome to Wrexham. So a minimum sort of hour of content every week to watch. And if you're like me, you'll be watching them as sort of companion pieces anyway. So I'm just viewing it as eight weeks of sort of one hour episodes, just they're going to cut in half in the middle. Mm. So, you know, yeah, there's, there's 16 episodes in total. Half an hour each, just in general. But like we said, a few longer ones in there. And episode two is where we get the first real sort of football insight. It, it looks at the back end of, of that Dean Keats season and then sort of lays the foundations for the bigger changes that were on the horizon last summer. Yeah, it uh, takes you right back, doesn't it, to that to that Dagenham game. Um, you know, you, you've seen them take over and you're, they're talking about sticking with the, with the current group and... Um, the manager Dean Keats and you get a little bit of Dean in there we've had Dean on thanks so much for the support on that podcast by the way do go back if you if you haven't heard that one yet or you're new this is your first time listening to us and you want to know more about Dean and who he is and, and why he was such a big cult player for us go back and listen to that one the big Dean Keats interview episode 80 was it I think it was 80 um yeah 80 and yeah so you're seeing the build to the Dagenham game and and that's where you do see some dressing room stuff. And I know it's been discussed kind of at length this week since, since the embargo lifted. But yeah, Paul Rutherford really is the star of episode two, which sounds, you know, it's an amazing sentence to say because a lot of people outside of Wrexham circles and Wrexham bubble will go, who on earth is Paul Rutherford? And it's it's sad, Rich. It's really, it's a sad, um, it's a sad episode two. Because, and it was sad at the time. You know, it was sad at the time that that's how his Wrexham career come comes to an end, and you see it in the rawest possible way. And I think I spoke last season about I was stood by the bus after Boreham Wood, and I saw a very upset Tyler French after he give, gives away the penalty. And you know, it's very very similar this time. This is something we've never seen before. You know, inside the dressing room, a place that in football is pretty much sacrosanct outside of these football documentaries that have now become more popular. And it, it's, a, it's a hard watch, mate, to, to see him know that that will probably be his last involvement in a Wrexham shirt and and the, the tears flow on screen. And I'm sure for plenty of people, they'll be flowing off screen as well. It's a real... It does, yeah. really, it does really well to convey the emotion and the just the nature of professional football as well. Yeah. But, you know, these aren't players who are on mega bucks and particularly back then as well, Rowford would probably be on less than most of our current earners. You know, that that moment for him signals not only the end of his Wrexham career, but his end at maybe at 
a club of Wrexham size as well and you have to move on and, and naturally go maybe lower down the ladder so it really is poignant and I think it does a great job of just hammering home what football really does mean at the end of the day and particularly at, at national league level where these aren't players who are almost in a world of their own in this bubble these are players who will hear every word from the stands and really do have a real close bond with supporters as well, which when you're doing great, is fantastic. And when things aren't going your way, you really do feel it as well. So yeah, episode two uh, has some real sort of contrasting emotion in it. You go from the high to the well. ecstasy of, of episode yeah. one to that high. Rich, what I, was gonna say, what I was going to say is I really like the, the, you know, obviously it's geared to that American audience, but it's really interesting that when they explain the football pyramid, you know, promotion, relegation, this is how it works you know, not something that people are used to in the NBA or NFL or anything like that. Um, and you see it and they sort of explain if the New York Yankees, which is, I'd love to think of ourselves as the New York Yankees of National League or whatever, but the New, if the New York Yankees got demoted and demoted and demoted and then they ended up in the Ithaca, I think they called it the Ithaca Beer League, I think it was something like that. So, you know, it, it kind of really gave it that context. And uh, also as well, we do some crazy things for Wrexham Rich. You know, we go all over the country. We went to Chesterfield the other night. We've been to Dover. We've been all over, haven't we? Uh, Yeovil, I went the other week. Rob McElhenney, Mr. Rob McElhenney, got up at 4.20 a.m. on the day of that Dagenham game in L.A., 4.20. With it, He also got his son up. I don't know whether his son Axel was already awake or they both just kind of hauled themselves out of bed to watch the game. And... Yeah, you even though it's weird with stuff like this, Rich, that even though I know what happens, I know the result, I was still, you know, when I saw sort of like Rob stood up about to say, go on, go on, go on, I kind of was thinking, oh, go on, just score, just, just score, even though I knew that uh, that goal was was not going to come. Um, and I don't know, I just got swept up by the whole thing. And uh, I, I know that lots and lots and lots of people will as well. So... It's 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 exciting, isn't it? It's it's really really exciting, and and as I say, I don't actually think it'll be quantifiable, just what this will do for, not only the club but the economy. You know, what are we expecting now for the turf? Will people come to Wrexham want to meet Wayne? Well, he's got his own IMDb page now. Like, will he, will he be signing autographs in the turf? I, I've no idea what's going on, but it's going to be a roller coaster. Whatever happens, it's brilliant, it's exciting, and yeah. Just enjoy it. If you've not watched it, go 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 and watch it if you can. And of course, if you can't afford it at the moment, do keep your eyes peeled on Rob Brian Red on Twitter because we will be giving away another twelve month uh, subscription to Disney Plus. Just as a, a thank you to you for all of you who supported us over the last year as well. So yeah, if if you are not in a position to have Disney at the moment, keep an eye on Rob Brian Red, and we'll be giving away another code in the coming weeks on that one. Nath, time for some guests, I, I suppose. Then yeah. I have a special occasion. Who should we start off with? Let's start with Humphrey, I think. Let's let's start off with Humphrey because he is a man that is very plugged in. Uh, you know, Rob McElhenney's right-hand man, writer on Mythic Quest, actor in American Auto. You've seen him on your screen, comedian, if you've seen him up in Edinburgh Fringe. He's everywhere. He's very tall. You can't miss him. Uh, and he's been with the documentary from the start, knows all the ins and outs. And so I decided to pick his brain this week to see if he's a little bit nervous or he's very, very excited uh, or a bit of both. So without further ado, let's hear my chat with Humphrey Carr.
Humphrey back on the podcast second time. We're now at episode eighty-two. This you're back on with Fleur episode fifty-four. So thanks for coming back on. Documentary is out today, or not today when we speak to you here, but when we, when you listen to this, it will be out. You are in it. What do you make of it? Firstly, uh, well, I mean, I, I, I've got to tell the party line. Say I love it. I don't really like watching myself, um, particularly which is ironic because my day job is being an actor and, and a performer and, and all that. And I, I, you know, sort of became an actor because I like pretending to be someone other than myself. So then whenever I watch myself being myself on, on things and was like, Oh God, is that what I really sound like? And well, I mean, you've seen it. There's a lot of really, really bad haircuts and facial hair choices that are made uh, in that period of my life, sort of circa November, 2020 to probably november well probably till now to be honest there's a, there's a scene where you cycle in to what we know as the player's entrance which looks yeah. like something off off a rom-com uh, as you just kind of like glide in yeah. and I, yeah the, the haircuts that is one of the most distinct things about your involvement in the documentaries you seem to have a, a million and one looks yeah because it's you realize that you know the documentary covers the first two episodes cover the period from the time at which the takeover was announced kind of to, to the to the public um, or, or to the fans of, of, uh, of Wrexham that, that, that these were the two individuals who were interested in taking over the club through until the end of the 2020-2021 season. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it covers a huge amount of time. It, it really is is basically, yeah, a, a solid eight, eight, nine months, whatever, whatever that is. And so... Um, Yes, it's weird. I bounce around. There's a beard, a moustache, sort of terrible stringy mullet type thing that I think in my head made me look like Jon Snow from from uh, Game of Thrones, but in reality made me look like someone who'd slept in a skip the night before. Um, so yeah, it's there's I, I, yeah, I don't like watching myself, but I love seeing you know, seeing the club and, you know, they shot it so beautifully, like seeing those shots of Wrexham and seeing those shots of, you know, the building that's so familiar to all the fans of the club, um, but isn't familiar to everybody in the outside world. And then I hope people get to see a little bit inside the club, inside the offices and inside the, the um, you know, the dressing room and all, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, when, when it starts out, what I will say is when you get to watch it or maybe you've already watched it and you're just listening to our take on it, a lot there's various bits on the cutting room floor that maybe we hoped would have made it but but didn't and and what i would say is it starts off with the zoom call that's, that's really the, the the key part of the of the documentary yeah. we obviously saw that zoom call from our end but it was i thought it was fascinating to see it from your side you were kind of like coaching rob along and we saw right. the, the facetime between rob and ryan before where there was genuine nerves they it might not they yeah. might not come across as genuine yeah, yeah. I mean, it was still that was still very much in the period where lots of people were like, "What well, is this real? Is it? Is this a wind up? Is it just? Is it just for the documentary? Um, you know, is is this going to be a thing where they kind of come in and and it was then revealed that there's some other sort of secret? You know, they're the face for some other like faceless backers or or any of that kind of thing. So, yeah, we you know it was something that we got really excited about and we had you know identified Wrexham as the place we wanted to be. We just weren't sure if it was the place that wanted us to be there. So, so yeah, it's it's fun to see these things. And, you know, you talk about the cutting room floor and I'm sad about... There, there's a whole season of this documentary that will never see the light of day that covers that COVID hit half season that we were here and that, that covers the kind of 
you know the feverish activity on the day that the the deal went through when we were when you know which was actually obviously as you know months later where we were playing away at Altrincham albeit weirdly at FC United Manchester Stadium and we were getting the call and I was having this juggling this thing because Rob had sort of run out of patience because we kept we told him about eight times oh it's going to be today you know it's going to be it's going to be today it's Friday it's the end of the week you're going to do it now well okay it'll be Monday and then oh no well it's going to be this Friday you know and then it's well it has to be Monday and he had sort of basically reached the end of his tether and I had this text from being like I am going to tweet in like 25 minutes that we have bought this football club and me being like, but we haven't yet technically. I mean, we still haven't, like they're working on it now and our lawyers are doing this and it's being sent to someone to like get the final signature. And the documentary crew was following all this. I was sitting in the stands during the game. It was minus four. And like, I think we won three, two that night. Um, and myself and, and Colin Henry's uh, of the media team and Ollie Williams, formerly of the media team, sort of scuttling around, trying to get everything ready so we could say so that you know the announcement should be coming through the club before it comes through rob and all this kind of thing and you know all that stuff understandably they're like eh, it's too complicated people won't be able to follow it they don't know what's going on so yeah we'll never see that we'll never see the the weird transfer deadline day we had with ali yusuf jumping off the bus at, at oxford services or all those things that i think would be so fascinating to wrexham fans um but you know there's so much great stuff that ultimately i think when you watch documentary you don't miss those things because there's just there's so many other things that, that are being covered left, right and centre. Definitely. I'd completely forgotten about the Adi Yusuf bus episode. So uh, thanks for bringing that back into into existence. That was a oh. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed we don't get to see that. I think, you know, with all the things we, everyone knew there was always going to be bits that didn't quite make it and, and, and this and that. But on that kind of episode one, that Zoom episode, there's so many great bits in that that I, I pulled out when I when I watched it was there's one where you're playing in the garden it looks like caitlin's been shoved in goal yeah and you're kind of just like you must feel like the king because you're dancing around everyone with all these like tidy little uh and rob's asking what happens what, what's going on how do i play this game thank you for saying i dance around everybody that's a very generous assessment i got given <laughs> quite a lot of stick by our coaching and playing staff when they watched it uh, on uh, on thursday night in the scent um for uh <laughs> for my abilities on the pitch uh, but yeah it was you know it was that that was great that was really fun that was kind of yeah caitlin and then rob's sister and uh, uh and his his mums and uh and his kids just like a whole sort of gang of, of of family and that was actually a thing that we did quite a lot during all, albeit you know we didn't always do it with the camera crew there but we did quite a lot during lockdown they had a giant garden and and my wife and i would go go over there and we'd hang out in the garden during the kind of socially distanced phase of of the lockdown because again that's that was shot probably i mean i'm trying to place it based on my mustache but i think that was you know sometime <laughs> before the zoom call even right um uh i think that possibly was was in advance of that because it was at that stage we knew we wanted you know we wanted to do this and we wanted to to try and find a football team that that would that would allow us to to um to come on board but we hadn't completely settled on it on one yet and we hadn't um you know known that it was definitely going to be Wrexham Wrexham was always top of the list I think I said this maybe maybe if I haven't said this on this podcast before but I've said it in print various places we always knew Wrexham was the one we wanted we just as I say weren't sure that they were going to want us and so there were other kind of there were, there were others on the on the bench in case 
what did the players make of it? Because again, you didn't like watching yourself back, but you're mm. at least used to seeing yourself on screen. I think yeah. I can't remember exactly. We see Jordan Davis sat down with his mum going through some newspaper yeah. clipping. We see Paul Rutherford talking about his staircase yeah. and how he redeveloped that. And yes. later on, you see Rob Lainton again, not the most, uh, you know, out there in terms of the media mm. kind of profile. And so that's really interesting when it gets to that episode. I think that's episode five. Yeah. You know, when you see Rob chipping away at his bathroom tiles and all that sort of thing. What did they make of it? What did what was the mood in the centenary that night? It, it was all it was all very positive. I mean, it was interesting because obviously we had, you know, we had a fair, fair number of players in attendance, not all of them by any means. And we had lots of the staff who, who were there, you know, it being at 5.30 on a Thursday, most of the players had come in and trained earlier. And so it was a lot of the guys that were like very local who, who were like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll pop back. So, you know, but Jordan was there and and uh, Sam, Dolby and Jacob, who I think, you know, staying in, in town until they get themselves situated and um, a bunch of the kind of the younger players. And, you know, really it was only George that was with us at that stage. Right. So I, I'm sure it was quite bittersweet for him, you know, that the footage from Dagenham and you see him, you know, slumped on the floor, devastated by that. But no, it, it really hit hard because, you you know, you realise, of course, that there, there is a real fraternity in, in professional sport of any kind, I suspect. And, you know, for our coaching staff and our players and things watching you know, watching that the end of that season, how disappointing that was, and then and then you know seeing Dean being released and and all, all that kind of thing, you know, I think they felt a, a very powerful sense of like empathy and and you know, for want of a less naff word, like brotherhood in a way with with them and 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 it covers you know that episode as well covers the kind of you know the 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 state of mind of the club and of the fan base during that period where there was this everything was sort of about next season you know everyone was like look i hope we get in the playoffs i hope we do well i hope it's all this but like ultimately there was this air of but you know eventually it, this is this season will come to an end and then we'll really get going next year in some way and i think for you know for the staff and the players they see that and they they feel a huge yeah sympathy and empathy and a sense of like well you know that was their turn in the barrel. It'll be our turn in the barrel at some stage. You know, that's the inevitability, I think, of football. Something that I think both Dean and Phil have said at different points. I've seen footage of both of them saying to the documentary crew at some stage, that, you know, you know as a football manager that ultimately, unless you're Alex Ferguson, you're going to get sacked at some stage. Like, that's just part of the, the life. And so, yeah, it was interesting. A lot, I mean, a lot of folk came up to me and said, said oh I had goosebumps at this and that you know that that footage of Paul Rutherford in the dressing room yeah was devastating you know because because especially you know someone who you know people who are fans of the club know gave his absolute all at all times like that was the thing you could never accuse him of of not doing um and um yeah it's just it's a tough watch and that that ultimately is hopefully what makes it a worthwhile Thing to watch the documentary because there it is the humanity of it the the, the excitement of robin ryan is brilliant I, I think i've yeah really i think meant. i put in my i think i put in my piece that it's it, there it, lots of it is quite funny you know there are elements yeah. that are you know they're both very witty characters and they're just funny but there are elements as well which are really quite emotional you know you see yeah. you see, see spencer harris when he's telling the staff that look the take is going to happen your jobs aren't in yeah. jeopardy and has to turn away because he's emotional. And actually, one yeah. of the bits that that got me that got me a little bit was when you see Rob back in Philadelphia mm. with his son. I think it's his son Leo. 
yeah. and his dad, Bob, and you see this home that is in stark contrast to his home in LA that, that's yeah. very glamorous and, you know, I'd happily do a house swap if he ever, if he ever fancies sure. it and he wants to live in South London. Um, but, you know, that it's, it's quite emotional in it where he sort of shows his son, this yeah. was, this was it, this was, these yeah. were the yeah. McElhenney family started out. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, you know, the, again, so many people get, will get drawn to this, I think by the like, oh, it's, it's Deadpool. And it's that fella from, from the Philadelphia show. Like, yeah, I'll give, I'll give that a go. You know, but the thing that makes you care about this and the thing that is like, I, you know, that is so special about football clubs in a way is that, it, you know, they're places to bring people together and they're, they're places to talk about the things that really matter. And, you know, it's, it's more than what goes on for that 90 minutes on a Saturday. And, and I think, I hope the documentary like touches on that. And, and yeah, I mean, I definitely found myself at times, I, I found that that footage, I had not never seen that before. Um, the footage of Spencer talking to everybody and, and telling them that like, you know, don't worry, this this doesn't affect your your uh, current job status and everything because you know Spencer has taken a lot of stick over the years for putting his head above the parapet and this that and the other and I think people think you know think they have an idea about him and and think they do this and that but like to me he's always been someone who in every interaction I've had with him the thing that just radiates through is like he loves the football club he loves the people there and he wants it and them to do well and you see that in such you know that that is not He's not an actor. He's not a he's not a uh, a character in something. He's a real person who was feeling a huge amount of emotion about something that he knew was ultimately good for the club, but that was going to completely change his relationship with it. I'm I'm really loath to to refer to anyone as a character because it will just come up as played by self, played by self, oh, which is amazing. Yeah. The credits are amazing that lots of people are played by themselves. Yeah. Um. So I'm loath to use the word characters, but obviously there's an element that, as you say. It is the Robin Ryan show partly just to get the mm. eyeballs on it. And I think you, the idea is they stay for Wrexham. They must be thrilled with it, you know, in terms of how it's turned yeah. out for them. I know they've done a lot of media this week. Uh, they must have, they must have missed the appointment. They must have missed the Rob Ryan Red podcast appointment. But what did they make of it? They must, they must have loved it. Yeah, well, they're, they're, I think they're very happy with it because, because you know, and it seems to be going down well. People, all the, all the reviews have been really, really complimentary and good, which is nice. And, yeah, it's something that it's funny because some of the reviews are picked up. They talk about themselves coming off as assholes a fair bit, like worrying about that, and that is a big concern because you you're coming into a cult, into a world and a culture that you're not really super au fait with. And you you know, part of my job initially was to be like, "Ooh, uh, don't don't call us the Wrexham Red Dragons. It's, we're one or the other. You know, we're Wrexham or we're the Red Dragons. Like never the same time." you know that's a very sort of minor thing but you know they they there's such a kind of fear of being seen as the like brash uneducated north american guys that are coming in and changing this and doing that and messing with x y and z so you know i think when you watch it the thing that comes through and i and i, I don't think you need to be told this because you you follow everything so closely they they love it they, they, they love mm. being here they love and Rex, you know, Saturday, they had the time of their lives. You know, it was it was everything. That was just a perfect, pure day of like, they're not working, they're not worrying, they're just coming, they're enjoying, they've got their friends and family. It's like as pure a attending the football experience as you can have whilst also being like, oh, and I happen to own all of this. You know, they, them and their mates came, they had a few drinks and they watched us um, 
uh, I about to say something. Watch this beat Maidstone and, and uh, um, uh, respectfully beat Maidstone um, comfortably. And it was just a great day out for them. So, yeah, the nice thing about the documentary, I think, is for people who don't know them, don't follow them, don't really like how involved are they? How much do they care? You can see how much they care. Rob's getting up at 4.20 in the morning to watch us, you know, unfortunately draw 1-1 with Dagenham and Redbridge. That, I don't think, I mean, you could say like, well, you could do that once a week, but like they're, they get up, they're up. They're, they are following the, every game every week. I like the fact that he changes his shirt from one of the classic Wrexham yes. Lager ones to the Evo Williams green because we were playing in green. green and, yes. you know, and uh, I think it, it must be his son. I think it's his other son, Axel, is it? Yeah. Um, forgive me that one. And he's on the phone to, you see him on the phone to Ryan after it's not panned out. Yeah. Dagenham when we draw. And, uh, you know, I think I think he says something along the lines, I'm paraphrasing here, but he says something along the lines of, you know, I really hate losing or I don't like losing. And then you just hear his son in the background go, they drew, well, they they didn't lose. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, sort of, yeah, but I'm too stressed out to think about yes. what's going on right now, which was a, a very nice just family moment. And uh, there are lots of them, but I thought just to dive briefly onto what you said, the weekend, hmm. You we, we saw you have a picture with, Ian Rush and and yes. Rob and we've, we we saw Ryan tweet about a takeaway in Ellesmere Port. Sure. What's going on? What 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 was it that that weekend sounded a blast? It was. Um, listen, what happens in Ellesmere Port? Dave <laughs> Ellesmere Port. No, I I am. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm also fascinated by the Curry tweet because I or text or whatever Instagram whatever it was because he. Uh, um, Ryan's party. We divert. We diverged on Saturday night. His party headed back i think towards manchester where i think they were staying and they flew out of I, I can only assume that for some reason they picked up a curry on the way from ellesmere port which which uh is interesting as spot much debate i've seen on twitter regarding where the best place to get curry is in in the kind of northwest um we went to uh we went out for went, went out for dinner in chester um apologies to to Wrexham. many many superior Wrexham establishments are available um uh but when we were in the restaurant i went to the loo and on the way back was like oh my god oh my god that's you know that's in rush over there that's in rush at that table and as i'm sure lots of people know i prior to my appointment as executive director sure. of the club, have a passing interest in liverpool football club and he was a great hero of mine when i was a young man um and i was like oh my god this is this is manna from heaven previously all i could have done has been like i'm sorry to disturb you mr rush but i love you and I would like to take a picture with you. But now I was like, oh, I can, I can introduce you. He's a former Wrexham player. You know, he's a, a former Wales great. You know, he, I'm sure he'll know who Rob is and everything. And so I accosted him and he couldn't have been nicer and said that actually he and his wife had been out for a drive that afternoon and listened to the Wrexham game on, on the radio while they were driving around. So he was, you know, like, oh yeah, you know, good result that, you, you know, won one, drawn one, lost one. You've got to, you know, want to get, start building something that you can work with so he was all over you know what we were doing so that was very exciting yeah it was a great saturday night and rob we our last episode after the chesterfield game was the curse of rob McElhenney, which while oh, tongue-in-cheek cool. i'm sure he was getting very frustrated by the fact that yeah. he wasn't able to, to see us win there was a little story that even at three nil on, on saturday he was still very tetchy and very pacey and a bit worried well, um, and he's seen it now the curse is over Yes, I, I have heard a rumour. As I said, I wasn't actually in that. I think I said to you before we were on air. I wasn't actually in yeah. that, in, in the Aviation Channel Saturday. I was in the director's box. And um, 
Word on the street is that at halftime, uh, 15 shots were ordered from the, uh, from, from the bar in there. So I think at that stage, the celebrations has already started. <laughs> I think even, you know, I think we are all ingrained with a degree of pessimism as Wrexham fans <laughs> and as football fans in general. You're always like, well, I'm not going to celebrate until everything's over. But um, I think even, you know, halftime was pretty clear that, that we had the measure of what was going on and, and uh, that we were likely to get away with the three points. So... It's um, yeah, I think I think it, those those sorts of things about being a Jonah or a Jinx or whatever it is, it's all it's all a load of nonsense. But as you say, once it starts to as it goes on, you know, is there a single crumb at which one of the players in the back of their minds is like, oh, God, they're here today. And does that like does that change something? So, yeah, we, were, we everyone was very happy to get the win for, for, for that reason as well. Yeah, we were very glad for him. I was also curious. I'd love to know what Caitlin and Co made of Chesterfield away because I didn't really enjoy it. I don't really plan to go back there. Sure. Uh, it, it was it was a far cry from the Hollywood Hills of Los Angeles. I would say that. Yeah, well, they I think they came over and they 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 were like in Derbyshire for for a few days beforehand, sort of sort of seeing settling in and seeing the sights and doing a bit of this, that, and the other. So. I think they, I mean, the one thing I'll say is that I know from talking to Sean, who was there, that they, you know, discharged their their club duties with very good grace and were very, very uh, good at being like, well done, congratulations, best of luck with the rest of the season, all the stuff that you're, you know, you're supposed to do, but sometimes don't feel like doing when you've had a loss. And then I think when they got in the van, that's when, that's when Rob really um, uh, was, was uh, cursing his bad luck and all that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, finally then, I guess, uh, it, it, the documentary now out. We've got two episodes this week, as I, as I tweeted out, I think. We've got 16 episodes, two a week, more or less, bar a, a couple of caveats in, in the middle, which I won't, I won't get bogged down in. But it, it's finally here. It's, it's been a long process in yeah. terms of when, when you first were, you know, you've been involved from the very beginning. You've been back in two. You're currently here now. You'll be at the Woking Aim on Saturday. It, it, it must be a sense of real pride that it's it's come to pass yeah and and honestly a little bit of trepidation because because it's although i wasn't involved with the documentary you know it's something that is representing the club and when it's talking about a thing that we all love you know i think i think those of us that are newer to the process that have come into the club have fallen in love with it and we want to present it in the best possible way so you know i just hope that other people enjoy it as much as you know fall for it the way we have and um you know maybe go and buy a scarf online or or add a little something of this that, and the other because that ultimately is you know for the club going forward if we can build a a strong following outside of our, our usual catchment area it has to be a good thing for the club well i mean we want those ryan reynolds wrexham hats i don't know where they are if they're bespoke no, that's sure. what we want I mean, I don't know, that's 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 the tweet we get all the time. More so than you know, where can we find your podcast? Is where can we find those hats? And I don't know sure. the answer to that. Um, but is... if you ever find out, let us know because uh, they're they're hotly in demand. But you're very exciting. Episode one and two this week, three and four without giving too much away. Um, mm -hmm. Paul Mullen, Phil Parkinson. That's when we kind of start to see that. Rob, have, Rob off. having to convince mm -hmm. Rob having to convince Phil a little bit, which is. Mm -hmm very surreal when you see him in a, sure. in a parking lot uh, after, after sort of writing or filming Always Sunny. But 
you know, people who were maybe involved last season and, and following it from last season, that is where it really kicks in, doesn't it? From yeah, episode. that's when you're yeah, you're gonna you're gonna start to see you know more familiar faces of more recent history. So yeah, it's um, it's uh, and you know I I've, I've seen a few episodes. I think I may have seen like one or two more than than were given to the press to to preview, oh. but but I haven't seen the last six, seven, eight, whatever it is. So I mean, obviously we know how it ends, but I'm also kind of fascinated to start to see some of that that footage from some of those events that that are all obviously fresh in our minds, but that um, you know as yet have not seen committed to the screen. So there you go, Rich, very excited as we are. And I think as well, he said there about, you know, Rob and Ryan, that they were a little bit worried that they may, they, I don't know, they might come across as like arseholes, but they, they, they really haven't, I don't think. I mean, I've watched it a good few times now on repeat. I know a lot of other people will have watched it by now and maybe watched it again a second time. It's one of those where if you're a Wrexham fan, maybe you watch it once just to see it and then you watch it again to spot yourself and maybe you watch it a third time just to kind of unpack it as we are now. But, you know, as he said, it's it's been a long time coming and, and you know, they promised to make us a global force and, and they've done that. So, yeah, very exciting. And for him, very exciting to be involved in as well. And I suppose that brings us on to our next guest as well because... The takeover hasn't just been about buying new players, getting a new manager in and hoping that that takes Wrexham up the leagues. Obviously, that is the main goal, but it's about leaving that legacy. Obviously, the cop redevelopment is a, a big part of that and there's always going to try and be improvements to the wider stadium as well. And one area is the hospitality. And some fans might roll their eyes at this and say, well, you should have as many fans in as you can. And yeah, that's at the end of the day all, all that we want. But hospitality is such a big market for, for clubs and it's such a big way for them to get extra revenue in as well and you might say well it's only Wrexham it's only National League football but if you can make that experience really appealing to communities to, to businesses to groups of friends to work colleagues who want to go and have a treat not to go watch Wrexham but go do so in style you really can do so now and this isn't to poo-poo the hospitality before but this is taking it to another level, isn't it? And like we said, you might have seen on social media that in the Mold Road stand, the hospitality on offer has been turned up a notch and it really has gone from Hollyhead to Hollywood, the way that that's just been ramped up. And that is down to Ryan Reynolds' own bartender, Mark Sylvester. And you were catching up with him as well, weren't you, Nathan, and getting the lowdown on what it's like to have that trust put in you by Ryan Reynolds and then to go and execute it in North Wales. As I said then, Mark uh, was working very, very, very hard with lots of other people on the stadium and renovation, particularly uh, the Aviation Gin Suite, as we know it, where the owners go when they visit. And more recently, the 1864 suite. So, Mark, how are you doing? I'm all right. Yeah, I'm recovering. I'm, uh, <laughs> I've had about a week out of it now. And, uh, yeah, you can reflect back and look back and be very pleased with what we've achieved. And uh, a little holiday, and then maybe the club will find some more 
areas for us to uh, to debate. Well, we you know we love the race course, but it's always in need of a, of a lick of paint or lots of paint based on the pictures of the eighteen sixty four suite. How did you get involved in terms of your role and and what you do and and how you sort of got brought into this project? So I work direct for Aviation Gin as a kind of a fabricator. I build all of their mobile bars and uh, the opportunity came to put a bar in the corner potentially of uh, the, the, the Aviation Gin suite. So they sort of put my name forward as somebody to do that. And then as we worked through the design with the architect and the club, it just became apparent that like I was in a position where I could do the entire scheme for them. Uh, they gave us a chance. It went well. They asked us to come back and do the 1864 suite. And I'm they're pretty happy with it. So, yeah. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds is very happy with it. But by the looks of it, he uh, I think he described the 1864 suite as jaw dropping. And he was casually commented on your Instagram. What's been your relationship like with Ryan? And obviously he plays a big role in aviation gin. I'm sure you've kind of got to know him a little bit, a little bit through that. Yeah. So like I never, I did, when working with aviation, a lot of it was during COVID. So he wasn't really traveling. We weren't really traveling. Um, so I, I sort of met him in person when he came to the club. Uh, incredibly generous, positive, friendly, outgoing gentleman who, uh, you know, goes out of his way to make sure you are sort of comfortable. He's obviously, it's obviously a bit nerve wracking when you first meet somebody of, uh, of his like stature but he, yeah he's very down to earth but just a good guy just a nice guy to be around and uh he's as i say very grateful uh, he's enjoyed all the work we've done and he's been very complimentary so it's lovely you know walking into the what is now the aviation gin suite or the 1864 suite i know that's been shared quite a lot this week people have been really really impressed with that it looks totally transformed how big a job was it for those that haven't seen it, it looked an absolutely huge huge job yeah, the spaces were very basic before. They were very, uh, I guess you would just call them unremarkable. Mm. With the uh, both the case with both, that the club really want those rooms to be sort of statements that that want pe- that, that make people want to sort of come and spend time at the race course. And you've got some pretty prestigious sponsors and uh, sort of corporate affiliation now. You just can't offer them just a plain white room with uh, temporary tables covered with tablecloths. You need something better, uh, especially the owners as well. I mean, they, they're putting a lot into the club. They, they want a nice space to inhabit when they're, when they're there to watch games. Uh, and we were given a framework by the architects to work from. Uh, we were given a little bit of freedom to sort of make our own design decisions on the ground. And so far, it's been a really sort of harmonious relationship. And we, we've got a really good relationship with the club and the architects uh, who are doing the next stage. So, uh, yeah, when we watch this space, I think the club's going to really sort of take, take a, a, you know, a positive turn. Well, yeah, I mean, the COP will be, you know, a, a big, big development for us and, and all the different spaces that come in there. If people are going to go into that 1864 suite, what are some of the changes that have been made in there for those that maybe haven't seen it? So we, we, we've opened it up. We've, it had a suspended ceiling in it. Um, that was actually a remarkably big job. You'd think just taking out a crappy uh, suspended ceiling would be sort of like, you know, snip, snip a few cables and it falls down and you put it in a skip and that's the end of it. We had to make good the ceiling and that was a lot of work. It's exposed concrete, uh, lots of paint, lots of fire treatment, which we had envisaged but didn't realise it was going to be quite as hard work as it was. And then we've just sort of uh, every every surface has had a 
had a sort of a touch of a bit more quality. So we've got some uh, beautiful reclaimed timber on the walls. Uh, we've got a very nice uh, luxury vinyl tile on the floor, which is uh, a much more modern uh, look. Uh, the bar's been totally changed. We've got a nice, uh, beautiful like zinc bar top, uh, a bespoke metal gantry going over the top of the bar, which I think is a really sort of stunning piece. And then just much better quality furniture, much better quality lighting. Uh, yeah, just just try to really install some quality into it. And and what's just been your impression of Rex? I know you haven't been put through it put through the mill like we have over the years, and you're coming in when it's, it's starting to get good. But you know, do you see a, the positive future that we see? I mean, you know, you're involved in terms of transforming the stadium, and you've spent a bit of time with with the owners. The future looks so bright in a week where the documentary comes out and will expose us to the world. Yeah, I think the, the the overriding thing is that there's a great energy about the club at the minute. Uh, it's clear that the owners have uh, are taking their role seriously and that they really care that the that the club performs on and off the pitch. It's not just for the documentary; it is real. They love, they actually love the place, uh, and they're stoked to see the the club, but and the whole town sort of do well off the off of their sort of their involvement. And yeah, it's we've been welcomed in every every time like the the people that work at the club have obviously seeing this change and they're excited and anyone new that comes in is coming in with the right sort of mentality and it's yeah it's a pleasure to be around to be honest have you have you noticed that in terms of like you say the people in the town because we tried to explain to other people that when the team is doing great the town also feels that as well you know what i mean they both go synonymously together have you, have you felt that from, as an outsider coming into it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. The club is clearly part of the lifeblood of the town and uh, it doing well has, has very obviously had an effect on almost like the, the general psyche of the populace. It's, yeah, it's great. It's, it's hilarious to see really, but uh, yeah, it's having a transformative effect. And then talking of aviation gin, maybe to end on this one, Ollie Palmer got married over the summer and he, I think he had his own aviation gin package uh sent by ryan reynolds so that was uh that was a nice uh, a nice little surprise for him I don't, did you have anything to do with that or was that all ryan but i do um i run i do sort of all the uh the activation and like the, the events for aviation in the uk I, i'm funnily enough i'm the builder that builds all the bars but i'm also the bartender that tends the bars so when the owners come over i, I tend the bar for them and then uh yeah it's just uh yeah they, they've you know booked Thoughtful things like that are what aviation does. It's they, you know, they don't conform to the regular rules. They, you know, they do things outside the box, and uh, that's all you know, fed down from the ownership. Is is Rob a converted gin drinker now? Is he all in on aviation gin? He certainly, he certainly tried it on uh, Saturday. <laughs> so I don't know whether we can confirm him as a as a full gin drinker. Out him as a gin drinker? <laughs> sure. I mean, it's what's available in the suite, so. <laughs> well and, and and finally then at the weekend uh massive win rob got his first win in person yeah obviously ryan had had it previously he was really caitlin, caitlin olsen was there as well i mean described for us a lot of us would have been desperate to have been in there with them uh it must have been a, a great experience again yeah you just i mean you can see it they can <laughs> it the, the result matters it's not uh it's not just for you mean rob's pacing while uh while it was sort of at three 0 I was like, I really don't think they're coming back. Probably, probably be all right. He's like, no, I don't want to risk it. So right until the very end, 
uh, it was yeah very evident that the result matters and that they want the club to be successful. Rich, more to come. You know, as you said, I, I think he'll hopefully be involved. You just you've seen the results for yourselves. You know, the aviation gin suite. I also like the fact that you said that um, Rob had tried some gin and and Humphrey was mentioning something about shots in there. So you know, loads of loads of fun in the aviation gin suite. But it's about you know, a lot of people won't get to experience that aviation gin suite. That's just the way it goes. But it's about making the other boxes change them from white rooms and, and turn them into luxury places that people want to go and want to invest in and and want to keep coming back to and the 1864 suite took blood sweat and actual tears as mark was telling us there to, to happen and the results speak for themselves so i'm sure when the cop comes along or if they do more and more boxes mark should be top of the list because he's done a brilliant brilliant job so far yeah and of course we speak about that cop redevelopment there is you know integral to the plans that have been proposed is the hospitality section above where the stand the safe standing is so whether you like it or not you know you have voted for this and obviously there's that article this week which was pouring cold water on the excitement and trying to give a bit of maybe a reality check about the takeover offering a very much maybe devil's advocate take on things not that i agree with any of it but um you know, we voted for this takeover. Wrexham fans wanted this excitement. It was described what as sort of gambling stability and security for a wild roller coaster. Well, the stability we were supposedly on for was taking us out of the National League. So, you know, and not the way we wanted to go. It was going downwards, not up. You know, I think fans voted for, for this for a reason. It was so unanimous, the takeover. And enjoy it while you can. You know, we've said this from the start, haven't we, Nave? We don't know what's going to happen. That is the exciting thing. But I trust Rob and Ryan to leave us in a much better place than they found us. And we've seen that. And the documentary shows that, not just in terms of the football on the pitch, the infrastructure, the whole community, and the whole identity of being a Wrexham fan in North Wales and now worldwide as well. So, yeah, so much to be excited about. Nafe, football, Wrexham do play that as well. Woking this weekend, you're going to be there. I'm I'm going. I hope I get to pick the brains of Phil Parkinson at the end. Uh, a, a work trip this weekend on TV. I went last season. Um, did not go to plan. Uh, Wrexham lost uh, after Stockport had lost, so it felt like a real dagger that one. Um, it's a big game. I think you know first away game since Chesterfield, and so and 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 the players, from what I gather, are still hurt by how they performed at Woking last season. I know there's been new faces come in and and, and bits and bobs. And I think what we what we saw in that Maidstone game, Rich, was players. I think I I I think there had been a conversation on the training ground during the week, whereby Parkey or his staff had said to some of the players, "Just play your game, just just chill out and calm down, and you're a good footballer." And I actually I saw Mark Howard put on his Instagram story, he put um he shared a goal clip and put route one. And, you know, a lot of the opening games were him getting caught out playing out from the back and, and all these kind of things. I think he's just gonna go back now to just just doing the base of goalkeeping. He's a good shot stopper as he showed at Chesterfield. He can kick it long, you know, don't put any unnecessary pressure on himself. Others in there as well. Um I'm sure will relax. Tom O'Connor being another I think he's a very good footballer, just needs to relax and play his game. So 
Woken will be a good measuring stick, Rich, because on the road, it's a tough place to go. Some people have got them as the dark horses. They beat Dagenham recently 2-0, and Dagenham are a good side. So, yeah, fingers crossed. I'm thinking we can win that 2-1. I think you've got to, haven't you? We, we looked at these, these next five games, the prize to Madison games being make or break for... for not for the season because it's so early on, but really can set the tone, can't it? And maybe make or break for Parkinson, given the Chesterfield defeat. Great foundations laid against Maidstone. That is the type of game that we were doing last season. I think of when we thrashed Barnet, you know, at home. You mm. think of those away games where we were just, you know, ruthless. It's it's got to be the precedent set, and you know, Wrexham teams of old, you would you'd be concerned for them playing anyone and say. They've got a few good players. You look at the Woking team. Yeah, they've got a decent manager. They've got some good strikers. This is Wrexham. Look at our squad. Look at our manager. It's it's not going into the game of arrogance, but it's that self belief and just knowing, like we did in the ninety eight point season, that we're going to beat these lot when you're stood in the tunnel. Because bottom line, I know football's played on not played on paper. We've got a better manager. We've got better players. It's about making that work, which obviously is easier said than done, but. We need to have that self-belief and, and that, again, I don't say arrogance, but that confidence that we can go and do it. And instead of looking at Woking away as a real banana skin, it needs to be, yeah, of course we'll be there. Look at our team. And I think that that yeah. is the mentality shift we need if we're going to go up the season. And the only way to do it is by actually going to these places and getting those results that you said. We have so many quality players, and I think we said we've got to win the home games and, and got to try and come out and get positive results in the away game. Rich, I've just remembered a story. I promised that I would uh, tell you this, but I, I'd completely forgotten. Rex the Dragon, who you see in the documentary, and you'll see him at the home games. Uh, I was told a story this week by somebody in Wrexham, uh, and they were telling me that Rex, the, 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 suit, was, the suit was leaking, polystyrene ball, so... There's been a big surgery getting that costume all stitched back up. So hopefully for the Gateshead game, Rex the Dragon will be walking around good as new. Um, and, you know, that will be a very popular thing. I, I've, Rex, Rex is in the documentary a fair bit. Um, but yeah, something had happened. I don't know what had happened to the suit, but as good as new. I'm wish, we're, wishing, uh, we're wishing Rex Speedy all the best. Speedy recovery, yeah. Speedy recovery after the, uh, after the, the, the costume surgery. Um, but... Rich, there's not, there's not much more we can say. It's such a momentous week, and, and you hope, look, it'd be such easy ammunition if we put in a poor performance on Saturday. I don't even want to think about it. I don't even want to give it too much kind of... I don't want to speak it into existence, you know? So, week of the documentary, there's people... All the rival fans are gunning for you, you know, some irrelevant fan bases are gunning for you now. Let's just go out and back it up with a win. You know, everyone in the world... Now, these players, I think, was it Rob was telling the players about look you're gonna have millions of new fans soon Paul Moyne's Instagram and, and all these different things are gonna no doubt explode in the next day or two after given the doc's now already out so Saturday on the telly it's massive and I think it'll be a really good measuring stick of how far we've come that Chesterfield defeat as bad as it was can be a real catalyst for our season Rich it can be a right that's what happens if you take your foot off the gas just full full throttle now between now and now and April Absolutely. And sometimes you need that kick up the backside and you need to have that freshness of knowing how, how much your defeat hurts. That can be the greatest energy, the greatest motivation to avoid it going forward. So yeah, we've got to back the boys. We've got to make the noise. Egaard Exum, but most most importantly, thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for continued support of Rob Ryan Red. Thank you if you're new around here. Like we said, please do leave a like and subscribe on whatever platform you use. 
check out robryanred.com. That has newly launched this week. We've been putting loads of work in behind the scenes to get that ready for the launch of the documentary. So we really hope you enjoy that. Of course, any feedback, there is a contact us form on, on the website. So any feedback, please let us know. But yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy Welcome to Wrexham. Enjoy it. If this was your Welcome to Rob Brown Red, we will be back next week, as we are every single week, with your latest Wrexham news and reviews. We'll look back on that game against Woking and look ahead to the games again on the horizon. So once again, Nate, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you very much. And, and, and quickly, Rich, I'll say thanks to our sponsor, Red 10 People Development. And the music that you hear, if you are new, you will hear lots of different musical stings between segments. They are from Wrexham-based band Hypnotic, so go check them out. Link is in the description. I should have done that at the start of the podcast. I apologise, Red Tail People Development. You have got a snazzy page on our website, though, so, you know, swings and roundabouts. Thank you very much. Take care. We'll see you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.